to Devil in the Details, Salford Red Devils, independent fan podcast with me, Rob Parkinson. Join me on the show this week, as ever, Away Day Red, and now YouTube sensation, Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul? Hey, Rob. You all right, mate? So, did you enjoy the uh, the video match report on Sunday? Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was good. Yeah, um, I was I was open to do it in the in the crowd, but it just got a bit hectic at the end of the game celebrating. So I thought, no, nah, I'm enjoying this. I'll do it later on. <laughs> yeah, we've got over a hundred views on that on that YouTube video. So check out our new YouTube channel, and you can see Paul talking through the action against the Castleford Tigers. Also joining us on the show this week, we've got the King of the Shed, Paul Parking, right, Paul? Evening, Robert. Evening, Paul. Celebrating another good win on Sunday. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic, great performance from the boys. Good. What else have we got on the show this week, uh, Paul? Yeah, we've got um, a review of the Castleford victory. We've got the news. We've got all the amateur results and fixtures. And we've got the preview of the game away at Hull KR this coming Sunday. Cool. So what we'll do, we'll start with that victory against Castleford. And we'll talk all about it now. So big win for the Salford Red Devils on Sunday against Castleford. 32 points to 16. Paul, you know, huge relief. Salford got the points. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, they came back at us there at um, 20 points to 16, I think, with seven minutes to go. I was panicking a bit, thinking uh, they were going to do us like they normally do. They've done us a few times in the last minute. I was thinking, oh, it's, it's not going to be another another uh, defeat at Castleford in the last minute. But no, we hung on and we did well. And uh, I thought it was quite convincing in the end, really. We had a bit of ball second half and we uh, we made the most of it. Yeah, Salford started with Gareth O'Brien at fullback, Justin Carney, Junior Sal, Josh Griffin, Greg Johnson, Rob Blue, Michael Dobson. Ben Murdoch-Masala, Ryan Lannan, Josh Jones, Craig Copjack, Tommy Lee, George Griffin, and on the bench, for Salford with Mark Flanagan, Adam Warren, Logan Tompkins, and Phil Joseph. Um, interesting selection, uh, Parky, Flanagan on the bench, uh, and Josh Jones in second row. Yeah, I spotted that on the, on the way there, um, when I was on the coach going. Um, I was a little surprised to see Lannan in and, and Flanagan on the bench. Um with obviously, I mean, Flanagan's been, I think he's been tremendous while we've had him so far this year. Very, you can tell he's come from, you know, good good coaching and that kind of stuff. Very solid, seems to know the game inside out. Um, so, yeah, I was a little bit surprised because obviously the inexperience of, of Lannan being at loose and uh, and Jones going in the second row, which is somewhere he can play. And it's a great option to have when you've got, you know, centres like we have with Sal and Griffin at the moment doing so well. Um, you know, Jones has got to be in there because I think he's again a fantastic sign. He's been he's been unbelievable while we've had him. Um, it was just the Lannan thing was a little bit worried, but he stood up again and he's he's proving that he you know he's got years in front of him and he's going to be uh, I think he's going to be a top quality <clears> forward, <throat> certainly a loose forward. So uh, you know it worked out in the end. And having Flanagan on the bench it just gives you a bit of experience as well, which we probably might have lacked. Yeah, we, obviously we talked you know, last week about about squad rotation, uh, Paul. You know it's good that we've got so much depth. You know, in certain areas that we can rotate players. Yeah, of course it is, and I mean, we was losing Robert Louis. We lost him after about half an hour on Sunday, so now this, the squad's going to come into play now, isn't it? And you know, maybe Niall will get his chance now if we shuffle things round for Sunday for all care. And I don't know. The obvious choice would be move Gareth O'Brien to half back to to number six and put Evels at number one. So that's like you know, people have been saying, haven't they? Oh, when's Niall going to get his chance and things like that? But. That's when you know your squad's going to come into play now. You know you pick up a few injuries and that, but yeah, it's, it's good the way we can uh, put Josh Jones in at the centre as well. I think because and play him in the second row because he doesn't look out of place in the second row with his size. And, and I thought he played really well on Sunday, and uh, it was hard for the Castleford pack to, to handle. Yeah, explosive start though uh, on Sunday. Uh, Justin Carney getting sin binned uh, with a bit of a, a bit of a fight uh, with the Castleford player Massey. Uh, Parker, you know, he's explosive start. He knew what was coming and, and he took the bait. Yeah, I think he did. I mean, I think, you know, 
all right, I've seen it, and it, you know, it doesn't it doesn't look brilliant, but I still think he's a little bit unlucky. I think he's um, he's somebody in the tackle, whether it's Massey or whether it's Webster or someone like that. Someone's actually sort of put a hand on it in his face and pushed him, and I think it is Massey. And as he's got up, he's had a look and he's pushed him back, but as he's you know he's just got a bit too aggressive with it. But the referee and linesman clearly haven't seen the first incident that has wound him up. But there again, maybe, you know, he, he knew what was going to happen. He knew they were going to try and do that to him. The crowd were on his back all game. <clears throat> you know, maybe he should have just got above it a little bit. But, you know, you've got to put yourself in that position. And the, the pressure he was under and, uh, you know, the, the fact that who the guy was who was stood in front of him, uh, obviously a bit of history between the two. So, yeah, he should have, you know, he could have, realistically, could have cost us if they'd have got a couple of tries in that period. But as it turned out... You know, we, we managed the, the time really well with that. And I've got to say that, that Dobson, I think a couple of times during that 10-minute spell, kicked us back down the pitch just to waste a bit of time, keep turning cash around, get it out of play and get him back on. I think it was good game management. Yeah, people talk about uh, Dobson. He's shown his worth at the moment, Paul. You know, like Parky said, you know, his kicking games was spot on on Sunday. Yeah, it was. I thought he played really well, Dobson, on Sunday. He led us around the park. And just going back to um, to that the Simbin and Akane, I, I thought it was a bit... Bit harsh on him, really. I think you know a good referee there would have just understood the situation and perhaps just had a word with him. So you know, kill you. There's only four minutes gone. I mean, that was a bit of a daft decision, really. I mean, if you're going to sim bin one of them, you sim bin them both, don't we? But you know, that's just the just the way it is with that Phil Ben from refereeing. But mm-hmm. but no, I thought we did really well when he was off. I mean, we we actually scored a penalty goal and, and was was leading two nil. You know, in that, the ten minutes he was off. So the way that Dobson sort of managed the game there, you know, took the pressure off us really while while we was down to two. So Salford extended the lead after thirty minutes. Greg Johnson scoring after great work from Lee Sow and Johnson Parker. You know, we we were in control and we took advantage. Oh, it was a fantastic try. Uh, initially set up by Logan Tompkins, who uh, I've, you know, I'm guilty of giving quite a bit of grief to. Unfortunately, I don't know. He's, he's just, I don't know. He, he's not my kind of player. But he, he spotted where he was going. He, he sort of pulled the defence across and opened up a gap and put Tommy Lee through it. And I didn't realise Tommy Lee had that much pace. If I'm honest with you, um, a, a player that I really like. Um, but he made a superb break. Kept his head. Give it Sow, and Sow again under pressure from from a defender. Just managed to get a great ball out, and uh, and Johnson, like he does, stepped off his his right foot. Uh, their defender went sailing on his backside, and 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 over he went. And he was a he was a great lead, you know. And like you say, we just we come through this you know this ten minute spell of being down to twelve men, and and we were we were looking sharp. We looked really good. We had a lot of the ball, um, and and that you know that was a fantastic try. I think for me, and I don't know if everybody would agree. I think that's was my try of the game. Yeah, what do you reckon, Paul? Yeah, I think I think you're probably right there. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you're spot on there, Parky, with that. I mean, I've saw it again today. I watched the record on the, on the Super League show, and it was it was it was a good try. And I mean, it was set up by Tompkins, you know, down the defence there, saw the gap, and like you said, I, I didn't think Tommy Lee had that much pace, but it sort of looked like he was running in cement there as he <laughs> as he went through. But uh, but no, it was quality, and I think you've got to give a bit of credit to Junior Sow as well. I mean, he looks a yeah. lot sharper. We've said it every week. And he's sort of looking, whereas last season he wasn't always looking for his wingman, was he? But where is he is now? And, uh, you know, Greg Johnson's got place to burn, hasn't he? And for me, that what it was, it was, a, I mean, that Solomon scored a couple of good tries, didn't he? But um, mm. for me, that was, uh, you know, for the backing up and support play, it was a good try, that. Yeah, Casford came back into it uh, towards the end of the first half. Uh, Derek Solomon going over for them with Derek. minutes to go. <laughs> Derek going, going over, Denny even going over, um, you know, with, with two minutes to go before half-time, Parker, 
you know, it's the curse of Salford, isn't it? That just before and usually just after our time, we 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 can see. Um, to be honest, they'd built quite a bit of pressure by that point, and I, again, you know, it, it sounds a bit. This is what you, a fan of a club would say, but I think the referee certainly helped him a little bit to get into a couple of good positions before then. Um, and he, he got him on the front foot a little bit, giving him a, a couple of dubious decisions, I'd say. Um, so he got them, you know, slightly up on the front foot. And then, like I say, it was inevitable in the end that they were going to cross. Uh, but we'd, we'd worked really hard up to that point. I don't think they actually deserved it. Um, but, that you know, that's what's going to happen. You've got to concentrate and work for the, for the full 40 and then the 80. Um, so it's something that we'll probably look at a little bit, but overall, you know, I think from a first half performance at, at Weldon Road or whatever it's called these days, um, just to concede the one try against a really good Castleford team is, was excellent. Yeah, second half, uh, Salford started uh, well, but big pressure put on by, by Castleford. A uh, couple of try saving tackles early on in that half, uh, Paul, you know, made the big difference. Yeah, and I thought Castleford had a lot of ball full stop, you know, throughout the game. He did in the first half, I mean. When it goes to like chances and that, I think the chances we had, we took them really. But you know, Gareth O'Brien came up with a couple of try-saving tackles, and they were camped on our, our line a few times. Castleford, and uh, you know, we kept them out, and uh, it was a good job really because they were they were they were coming back as they're throwing the kitchen sink at us. Yeah, Salford uh, extended the lead uh, through a try through Josh Griffin uh, Parker. You know, great you know performance, dived over the line, and you know, put, took a bit of pressure off us. Yeah. Uh, we... I mean, the thing is with, with Griff, he has got so much strength. Uh, you, you don't realise. Uh, and to go to score that the first of his two tries, he, he had to take a couple of players over the line with him and force the ball down. Um, and a lot of players would have got put on the back or you know turned over or whatever. But he, he shows such strength as he does all the time. Uh, again, a very a very underrated player for me, Josh Griff. Not among Salford fans particularly, but maybe in the rest of the game, I don't think they quite realise how potent he can be. Uh, if you give him the ball ten yards out from the line with a, you know a run, he, he, he's going to take some stopping, and he did, and he did really well to work the ball down. Yeah, and the Salford, uh, you know, continued the good form. Uh, Paul, uh, that man Justin Carney scores against his his parent club, let's call it, uh, you know, and a great try in the corner to Justin was yeah. yeah, it was a good finish, really good finish. That, and we we know he can do that, don't we? You know, we saw him last last few years for Castlewood. But just going back to the Josh Griffin try. You know, I think he's underrated as well. And I tell you what, I think he's going to be one of the... Well, if I was a coach, he'd be one of the first players I'd have on my team sheet every week. Because I think since he's come to Salford, he's like improved every season, you know, since he's been there. Now, he seems to improve every week, even. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'd have him down first time um, every week. like. But just going back to O'Brien as well, his goal kicking was outstanding, I thought, on, uh, on Sunday. Because, you know, both those tries, the Griffin one and the Carney one, were in the, the same corner. And faultless with the boot on, uh, on Sunday, O'Brien. Yeah, Salford, you know, in, in control at that point. But then, unfortunately, Castleford struck back with two quick tries. Um, the first one, little kick through uh, by Dobson. And, you know, unfortunately, the chase uh, back wasn't there for Salford. Castleford broke away. A um, little bit of worry in, in, on the terrace at that point, Parky. What do you think? Yeah, very much so. The strange thing was, and, you know, I don't want to sound like, uh, uh, you know, Mr. Know-it-all or anything like that. But at that point, just as we lead up to it, I actually turned to the guy next to me and said, why don't we try a drop goal here? Just control the game, bit of game management, slow them down, you know, take an extra point, get the ball back, build a bit of pressure. Because like we said before, Cass had a bit of bit of ball at that point, and it was time for us just to get our hands on it. Uh, and I could see what Dobbo was trying to do, but I don't think it was ever on. I don't think anyone was actually chasing his kick anyway. It, it, you know, in terms of where he was putting it, 
and he, he landed straight into their their guy's hand. I think it was McShane, the hooker, who then went on to make you know a great break and the backing up, like I said before, for Solomon scoring was it was you know it was good, but he sort of caught us on the back foot a little bit. He, you know, most of our players were already in advance of the ball when he picked it up. I think, um, but I thought it was a, possibly the only poor poor thing that Dobson did all game and has done for a few weeks. Uh, and as, he, as I say, as I say, it was it was. It, he was doing it. I thought, no, no, no. That's you know, it's going to be the wrong kick, uh, and it turned out that way. But uh, I would have took the point. And the guy next to me said no, and then thirty seconds later, I think he said, "Yeah, we probably should have done." <laughs> yeah. So. Well, they said you know, big moment in the game uh, coming up next. Uh, the Ben Murdoch Masala uh, interception. Uh, Paul, you know, Castleford had the tails up at that point, uh, and he reached out, intercepted, and made uh, some good yards and put us back on the front foot. He did. I think that turned the game, really. Um, just going back to us, the, the kick through from Dobson, you, you could see Castleford were on their knees there. They really were blowing. And when they got that kick, it sort of took the pressure off them. They went down the other end, they scored two two sort of quick tries and with, with seven minutes to go there or whatever it was, I think it was about six or seven minutes left. Mm. We were four points in front and I think we were on the back foot there until uh, until Big Ben took that, that ball. And, it, you know, I was relieved anyway in the, the crowd, to say the least, when he took that ball. God, but... Um, but yeah, because I think you know we've seen it all before, haven't we? Castleford, you know, storm back and beat us. I remember a few years ago, that um, is it Dean Widders they had for them, didn't he? Come on and score about yeah. three tries late on. They've done it to us lot countless times, haven't they? And yeah. you know, you was expecting it again, weren't you, on uh, on on Sunday? But I was just so pleased that we hung in there and you know showed a bit of grit and you know we, we were convincing in the end. I thought and it was well worth the win. I think I think that that thing that that got me with the Murdoch Masilla there was not only you know his. How quick he was at thinking for the size of him. He picked, you know, he reached out, he leapt, not like quite like a gazelle maybe, but you know, he leapt out the line and he got that ball quite athletic. Um, and it, obviously, again, it turned it. But what it did do straight away, you, you felt, you you felt relief in the fans. So how the players must have felt straight away. The pressure was off. It was our ball. We were in their half. Let's just make the most of it. And you know, as it proved, we did. But that was, you know, that was just Masilla spotting that as. You know, as a prop second row, it's not some, it's not really his job to be doing that, but he was, uh, he was on his toes. Yeah, I think big moments, you know, in seasons could come from big players. And I think if when we look back at the end of the season, I think that if we do end up having a successful season, that might be one moment, Paul, that we we look back and say, you know, that that turned our season, maybe. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think you know, there was a lot of desire about this team, isn't there? And, a lot of togetherness and they were working for each other and you could see that on Sunday, you know. It wasn't I mean, when you when you play at the AJ Bell it's it's a fast track at Salford, isn't it? And that pitch there on Sunday was a bit heavy, mm-hmm. a bit heavy going and that long the grass was a bit longer and that one and you know, I just thought we battled there. I mean, you know, years gone by we'd we'd have lost that game, but we hung in there Sunday and uh, you know, from, from one to thirteen they showed a lot of grit and a lot of determination to win that game. I was I was proud on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Salford built the pressure uh, and the pressure finally told on Casford when Josh Griffin bounced over the line with about four Casford players around him. You know, pure relief on the on the terrace parky that you know finally Salford were going to get the result at Weldon Road. Yeah, I mean, like like Paul's just said, we've been there how many times? I remember uh, Willie Manu ripping us apart a few years back, and you know, it, coming back into a game that we thought we'd have we won, and I mean, again before Big Ben's interception, I think that was that was definitely on the cards. Um, but then. That was just a, such a relief, and I think then I think that that crushed Castleford spirits a bit as well, and obviously it gave us a massive lift. And uh, I was going to say about Griff before as well, he's the one thing that he does show every week is his passion. Uh, and when he scored that and he got to his feet, I mean the look on his face, 
you know, I, I defy anyone not to be to be happy for him. He, he was so, you know, he he's shown how much he meant to him and the rest of the boys, and and I know the fans felt the same. But it was it was such that that was that was the, the you know the, the game clincher really that try. Yeah, and the icing on the cake, a second for Justin Carney, Paul, kicked by Dobson, uh, and uh, you know he steamrolled over the line to to score. Yeah, it came from a Luke Gale knock on that as well. He, he I think he was going for a kick through, and he he dropped the ball, and then from the free play. Dobson kicked the ball for him. I just I can remember it clear as day. The kick through it was like slow motion, and because the, the guy in the centre had a Milner, he had a head start on uh, on Carney, but you could just see that that determination, that desire in Carney's eyes. All the flack he took through that game from the Castle was he wasn't going to be denied there. And when that ball sort of bobbled up, in the, he sort of stopped in the goal there, and he just sort of turned around and put his hands on it. It was like it was in slow motion. It was just literally like sort of a. Royal the Rovers moment, I call it. You know, so he couldn't have dreamt that the night before, could he? And I was so pleased for him when he got that try. And you know, it was, it was great being part of that crowd there because we just went bananas behind the post. Yeah, Castleford, not a, a an away, a, you know, successful away ground for Salford, Paul. Uh, you know, getting a result there, you know, it could be a sign that you know we could be a top eight team. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's not been a an happy hunt. If you go back, you know, in speaking to my dad and that, if you go back over to like the seventies and that places like Leeds and Castleford were never in Featherstone, they were never happy hunting grounds for Salford, were they? And you know, they beat us in. If you go back long enough, they beat us in the the '69 final as well, didn't they? So there's a bit of <clears throat> history there between us and Castleford, and to get one over over them is good. But I think if we're going to finish in the, the top eight, these are the grounds we've got to go to. And you know, it's all right being good at home, but you've got to nick them away wins as well, haven't you? And I think that was, that was a good good two points, like a good solid two points with the games we've got coming up now in the next sort of three or four weeks. So, uh, you know, we've, we, could, we could get on a good run now. We've got a tough game this Sunday at Ulkar, but there's no reason why we can't go there and win. So, uh, but yeah, it was pleasing to win there on on, on Sunday because Castleford are not a bad side. I mean, you look at the way they went to Hull and beat them. You know, they're going to be they're going to be there or thereabouts this season. So it was very pleasing to get the win. Yeah, the only downside, Parkey, of the, of the of the result was the injury to Rob Lou. Uh, you know, he's going to be a bit of a loss if he's out for a you know a little bit of time. Oh, very much so. Well, when he went off at, at that point in the game, I actually I actually worried a little bit because we saw last season the amount of times we had to play with one half back, um, and it didn't work whether that was Theo or, or whether it was Dobson or Chase or whoever it was last year when we only had one playing. Um, it, you know, it, you do need two half backs. You need two organisers, and I think that's where. Having uh, O'Brien on the pitch came into it as well as you know he is he is a halfback so he could come in the line and do that job in attack, um, but that and that helped and I think hopefully you know he'll step up to to that position this week and and Evans will come in but um, it is a big blow I mean he's been in fantastic form he's a proper danger man real you know and him and him and uh, Dobbo just work so well together They're so so different really as players that it works perfectly um, and I think you know. Dobson losing his partner could have been a you know a huge impact on the game last week and certainly this week coming. But we've got a week to work on it. So whoever plays at standoff will know his game inside out, uh, and hopefully it won't cause too much disruption because uh, we are quite a fluid squad. We got players who can play all over. Um, but yeah, I mean you, you don't lose a player like Robin and, and not have to not worry about it. But fingers crossed, it's nothing too bad and we can have him back in a couple of weeks. Yeah, looking at the, the stats. Uh, for the game, uh, Logan Tompkins made 32 tackles. George, George Griffin did 28. Joshua Jones, 27. Um, you know, big forwards, Craig Copjack doing 24. You know, a lot of work there, Paul, you know, for our, for our forwards on Sunday. Yeah, definitely. And just going back to Craig Copjack again, I mean, 
I don't know what Huddersfield have done without him. I think they've been crazy to let him go because you know he's one of the best props we've had for the last few, certain last sort of ten years. I'd say he's a, he's a real leader, and the amount of work he gets through, and the amount of, the amount of minutes and the work you get out of him, he's tremendous. And no, another lad there, George Griffin, who's well, I don't know whether he's um, naturally a prop forward. He didn't play there last season. He's not the biggest of blokes, but the amount of work he gets through, and he runs the ball and so on, he just works. He just grafts his socks off and. No, you can't ask any more than that, I don't think. And uh, you know, it was, it was brilliant the, the way the, to see the team spirit at the end on on Sunday, the lads. There. And I was so proud of them, so pleased. And uh, you know, it warms your hearts, really. I mean, some of the displays we've had, and some of the players we've had last few years, and you know, disruption in the camp and all that. I mean, just to see this group of lads now, and it, you know, coming off for them, I couldn't be prouder, really. Yeah, George Griffin, you know, showing us what he can do, Parker. You know, he's, he could be the season he, he breaks in. You know, makes a big in, impact in Super League. Uh, listen, like like Paul said, and we've all said it, he's not going to be that. You know, he's not a big prop. But the game's changed now, hasn't it? You know, he, he, there's no point for having a, a Paliacine or a someone like that knocking about a, a Neil Baines because of the reduced substitutions. You need somebody who can do the minutes. Uh, and the, the the massive thing about about George Griffin is every time he gets tackled, he seems to land on his front, get up, play the ball. Same with with Copy. They both do the same thing, and they give us you know real go forward. Um, you know they might make ten meters and then they're up, they're playing the ball, and it's you know it does make a massive difference. And I think that's where a lot of teams are being caught out this year, especially especially Huddersfield, who Paul mentioned. You know, with with losing Copper, he's the ideal player for this new format. Um, and they've got a lot of big forwards; it'll tire a lot quicker, but you won't be able to swap them. And these two lads get through so much work. Um, and, and like I said, they get tackled, they get up, they play the ball. There's no messing about. And defensively, I think they're both superb. Yeah, talking about your goal forward, Junior Sal with 128 metres, Copjack with 129, George Griffin with 91, Ben Murdoch Masana with 92. Uh, you know, we made big inroads there, Paul, you know, into into the Castleford uh, team. And, you know, it was good to see. Yeah, it was. And, you know, Castleford and, and all mugs when it comes to a pack, and they've always got a decent pack of forwards. And we was panicking, weren't we, at the start of the season, thinking, oh, we went. We got beat all. Oh, the pack's too small. We're going to do this, that, and the other. But you know, we've stood up and we we played. Someone, someone said to me the days that like the six games we played, we played like the top five, haven't we? Up to now, all the sides above us, and we've we've competed in every game apart from the old game, really, haven't we? And we've been unlucky. So I don't think we've got much to worry about. I think we've got a really good mobile pack of forwards, and um, I think we're a match for anybody in that league. Mm. Yeah, looking at looking at the stats, you know the carries. Uh, you've got Josh Griffin up with 14, Craig, Craig Kopjack with 17, Junior Sal with 14, George Griffin with 13. So, you know, they're spreading the, the, the workload out, uh, Parky, and, and that's what you need. You need your team to be together and grafting. Yeah, very much so. And I think the other thing was the guys who came off the bench on Sunday made made a big difference as well. Phil Joseph got through, you know, his fair share. Uh, Warren, when he came on, I think... You know, I think that was one of his best performances on Sunday. Um, you know, he kept control of his emotions a little bit and he didn't go flying into silly tackles or anything like that. Um, and he got through a ton of work. But like, like I said, you know, these these stats, he, you see the same sort of players cropping up all the time, but you'd see it each week and that's their job and they know it and they go and do it. There's no, you know, I'm not doing that because he's doing this or whatever. They've all got their own job to do. And, and our forwards so far this year have really laid a platform. And besides that, you know, first 60 minutes at Hull, this season, I can't. You know, we, we've not been bullied in the pack, um, and that was a big worry. Like Paul said at the start of the year, we didn't look very big. But the game has changed, and I think, 
our, our pack now is, is something that other teams will look at. Um, if we could just, you know, obviously we've got Haraki to come back in there, yeah? Um, maybe maybe one more forward in, into that pack. And I think, you know, for the next couple of years, I think we've got a decent pack going forward because there's still a lot of youth in there. Yeah, I agree with that. We've got a team, you know, going forward. We've got, you know, like you said, a good youth, uh, you know, built in it. And I'm just hoping that we'll be able to extend that and, you know, add a few more players. And who knows, uh, Paul, in, in the next you know, couple of seasons, we could be top eight, sorry, continuously. Yeah, definitely. There's some good young youngsters coming through. I mean, just going back to Warren again, he looks really solid. I thought he looked really solid on uh, on Sunday. He took some stopping as well, um, charging onto the ball. And he's a, he's a lad that's filled out. And you know, for for people who said we don't produce youngsters and that, I think it's a load of garbage. I mean, there's 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 loads of kids coming through now at Salford. You had Lannan in there as well, on uh, on Sunday who, look, who looks the business and you know the academy's doing well. So I think it's it's really exciting times, isn't it? We've got you know you going through the one to seventeen the, the the squad on Sunday. There's a lot there's a lot of youth in there. There's a lot of young players in there, really good young side. And I think the one thing I've noticed this season and it's just a one word and it's team. We I think we've become a real team. I mean, you know, last season there was a big names, wasn't there? And we've said all that before, but but look at them now. There's there's a togetherness and there's a team there, and it's it's great to be watching it. It's a pleasure to watch them. Yeah, Ian Watson was happy with the performance on Sunday. Do you, do you ready for me, Ian Watson impression? Say, goals. It's something we've it's something we've not done to see games out. To come here and get the two points was massive for us. It was a bit edgy and nervy, and Cash were looking to come back at us. But the players really stepped up. The intersection from Murdoch Masala was a game changer for me. And what's the impression? And he seemed very happy, Parky, that you know the the team had seen it through. Yeah, that was brilliant. That Bobby, I thought I thought he was in the room then. Well, for a close your eyes, and he's there, isn't he? Yeah, I've known Watto a long time, and I'll have to tell him about that. Uh, no, um, yeah, I think obviously, I mean, Watto's got to take a lot of credit for for where we're at. Even from the back end of last season, the difference going into them playoff games, besides the Bradford game, which there was obviously something going on behind the scenes that we'll we'll probably never know about. Um, he, he's got this team really going. I know everybody, all the Sky pundits and everything go to Sheens, and I'm not going to doubt that Tim Sheens had a massive effect. I mean, if he can't make you play rugby, or at least him just his presence around the camp not make you feel a little bit better, then you're probably in the wrong sport. Um, but I think Watto has been. He's been absolutely fantastic. He's come into this job. He, he didn't ask for it, let's be honest. You know, it kind of fell on him a little bit. Uh, and I don't think any of us expected him to keep the job. We, we know what Marwan was like. And, he, you know, he likes sort of big name coaches and, and so on. But he's come in. He's put his own ideas in. He's built his own team more or less now. Uh, I think, two, you know, two or three more signings that he would like. Uh, he knows the game inside out. He, you know, he's played at all levels from Super League right the way through. He's played international, <clears> and, you know, and obviously the championship. He knows how to spot a decent player, I think. And, He's, he's built, like Paul said, he's built a team. He hasn't got individuals. He's got some great individuals, but they play as a team. Whereas last year we had some fantastic individuals who really were just out for themselves and it has made a big difference. And I think his coaching's done that. It's all about the team effort, Paul, but it's time to give us your man of the match performance. Who do you reckon was man of the match against Castleford? I'm going to go for Gareth O'Brien, really. Um, just for his, you know, his faultless goal-kicking display, a six out of six. He had an hand in a couple of the tries and he's couple of try saving tackles but he just he just looked steady as well under the eyeball. He just looked like, you know, he's made for that full back role at the moment, but with with the injury to Louis he might get shifted now. But you know, he, I thought he was a star man for us on uh, on Sunday. Who do you think Paul who was our man of the match Sunday? 
well, I've got to say, I mean, he was absolutely faultless, O'Brien, um, uh, as Paul said. But for me, if you just sort of look back at them four stats you, you just mentioned earlier on, uh, my, my man of the match was, was Copjack. I thought his go-forward that he gave us while he was on the park, and when him and, and George Griffin went off, we did look a little bit, not shaky as such, but we certainly didn't have the same impact. And then when they came back on, it's no surprise to me that you know we, we stepped it up again. I think Copjack is, is, a, is a fantastic sign, and Paul said before about how did Huddersfield let him go, and you look at their team now. Um, he's you know he, he's been fantastic for us, and I think his work rate was was second to none, and, and the difference he makes, and he is a, like again Paul said earlier, he's a leader, uh, and he led our pack really well in, in an ex, inexperienced pack really. He uh, he takes us forward. He's a real cornerstone, and uh, yeah, I thought on, on Sunday I thought Cass really struggled with him. Can you imagine the perfect uh, Salford front row? Craig Copjack, Scott Taylor. Can you imagine how far we'd fall with the Golden Packer? Well, yeah, I mean, Scotty, I don't know. He might he might be regretting what he's done now. I don't know. Um, I'm sure he's doing all right on the wages. But, he's uh, he, yeah, they, they would have given us some, some impact. But, we, you know, we, we've said for a while, I mean, we had we have had good props in the past. You know, just thinking back to, to like, the Stapleton and Cashmere and people like that, you know. And we never seem to build on it. We let them go and we bring in, you know, a couple of us who maybe aren't as good and, and and now these, I mean, Coppy's what late twenties or thought twenty eight, twenty nine. If that, you know, he's still got a few years in him. Griffin's got a few in him. Like I say, these lads can stay around now. They don't have to go anywhere. The money's there to pay them. We're not going to lose them to other clubs generally. I don't think. Uh, so he, I mean, for me, Copjack's one man that I would try and build a team around. Yeah, I've got the uh, three word match reports uh, sent in by our listeners. Uh, Adam uh, says gutted uh, he didn't go, uh, and his man of the match was O'Brien. He's not the only one. Let's say, uh, Mark. He said white knuckle uh, ride is man of the match was Copjack. Um, Richard Martin said 80 minute performance is man of the match was Lee. Uh, Gary Williams, fantastic team effort uh, is man of the match was Lee. Also, uh, Tommy Lee, you know Captain Lee, you know he's leading the troops, Paul, and it's you know it's good it's good to see. Yeah, he's a fantastic captain, fantastic. Any Tommy Lee, I mean he he does the the puts the hits in every week, makes the yards and that, and you know he's. His kicking game's uh, pretty decent as well when he needs to be, but yeah, I think he's a, a spot-on leader, Tommy Lee, and uh, he's doing really well for us. Yeah, uh, Gary Williams, fantastic team effort. His man of the match was Lee. Uh, Graham Jones, awesome captain performance. Uh, Tommy Lee, uh, Ryan, who we had la- on last week, uh, says get in there. Um, so he was obviously really happy about the result. Uh, Kevin McCallum said seen it through, and his man of the match was Gaz O'Brien. But, you know, it's a great performance. We don't normally go to Castleford. Uh, but we have gone there this week and, we, and we've got a result at Parker and it's only going to be good things you know, to come from this, I reckon. Oh, yeah. I mean, can I just say, by the way, I think one of, our, one of the guys that actually, uh, sent in his report, uh, Richard Morton, if I'm not right, wrong in saying, I think he's actually going to be running the London Marathon, by the way, for uh, the Steve Prescott Foundation. So if that is you, Richard, you know, well done. Uh, great cause. And I'm sure everybody at the club's behind you. Um yeah, you know, going away to Castleford, as we've said, it's tough, and it's been tough for for most most teams in the last two, three years since Powell's been there. Uh, it is a bogey side of ours, and my dad, you know, he, he had a real dislike for Castleford and everything Castleford related. Um, you know, he was never a massive uh, massive fan of theirs because they'd always had this this thing over us. We don't really know what it was, um, and even during times where both teams have been fairly average, it's always been Castleford who've edged it. And I think this shows. There is a there is a turn. I'm not getting carried away. You know, there's a long way to go. I've seen it all before. But 
to to lose to Warrington by a point in the last minute, to lose in the last minute four points away at Wigan, to lose two games by five points, then to come through a tough game like this and be on top at the end, I think it does so, show a different character to Salford that, that we've probably not seen for a long, long time. Yeah, I'm hoping that you know the good form continues, uh, Parker, and we can uh, beat OKR on Sunday. So that's the, uh, the match report from our fantastic win against Castleford on uh, Sunday. And now what we'll do, we'll have a see what news is, is going on uh, this week at Salford Red Devils. So news uh, coming out from the club. Uh, good news uh, that Gaz O'Brien and Tommy Lee has been uh, named in the Super League Team of the Week, Parker. You know, both outstanding performers at Castleford. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Gaz O'Brien's performance... Um... Would would allow anything anyone else to get into that that fullback role for uh, in in the Super League this weekend? It was it was a ten out of ten. His goal kicking obviously was a bonus, um, but he's you know his defence, his organisation, he's coming into the line uh, as we discussed earlier. You know he, he was he was fantastic, and it's good to see Tommy Lee getting some credit. Um, he, he gets a bit of stick off some some fans, and I, I don't quite understand why. He does a lot of work. Yes, he's not. He's not James Roby, but that's not his game. You know what I mean? He's 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 a good leader, and he's he's a really. I mean, at the end of last season when they offered up, who, you know, who's going to be captain? At he was the first one I'd said that Tommy Lee. I just thought he's just got that about him. He's got that calm head. He's been there, um, so it's good to see him getting a bit of credit. Yeah, Paul. You know, it's not the first time Salford players have uh, appeared in this team of the week, and it's good that you know it's not the same players week in week out. No, no, I'm just going back to Tommy Lee again there. Yeah, I, I like Tommy. I think he's got a really good temperament, and he? he never seems to get rattled. You know, he's, he's a good lad, he's a good leader, and uh, I've still got them socks that he gave me uh, at the witness, <laughs> uh, the witness game at the end of the 2014 season, I think it was. He promised me some at Ulkar last season, and he never gave them to me, so I'll have to catch up with him on that one. But yeah, I, I, I've been really impressed with Tommy. I mean, when he first came to Salford, I, I had my doubts about him. I didn't think he, you know... I didn't think he'd really settled in straight away, but you know he's progressed. And you no, know, last season he's, he's kicked on again. This season he had a bad injury, didn't he? But he's come back, and uh, you know he's he's well, another one who's who's first on the sheet. I think. I think last season as well, when we lost Tommy around Easter, that was a big blow to our season. I think from from then on, I think it was the was it the the, the Wigan game on the Monday. Mm. Yeah, uh, we went and won that, but after that we really struggled without him. Uh, I know we were down down to our bare bones in most areas of the team, but. I think losing him was it was a massive blow last season. Yeah, I think obviously you know his, his leadership skills. He's not he don't seem to be a, a shouter and a screamer. He's leading by example, Paul. And you know if he keeps playing like he's playing, you know it's only going to be good for the team and the club. Yeah, definitely. And he, like I said before, his his kicking game every now and again helps us out. But yeah, the amount of tackling that he does and the work that he gets through and the minutes on the pitch, him and well, it's been him and Logan Tompkins and it's swapping over and that, but. But yeah, I think um, he's 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 ready made for that captain role, and uh, you know, long may it continue with him. Yeah. Other news: uh, we've got tickets are available uh, for the OKR game. It's twenty three pound for adults, sixteen pound for concessions, and thirteen pound uh, for juniors. There's also coats going up uh, at sixteen pound per person. The pickups uh, from Shanders at ten to eleven, Sovereign Grill at five past eleven, Eccles Town Hall at quarter past eleven, and the AJ Bell at 25 to 12 at Parky. Hopefully, we'll get a big following at OKR because you know, big followings will be able to inspire the boys on. Yeah, yeah, it was a great turnout on, on Sunday at Cass. I was I was really pleased to see the numbers that had turned up. 
Uh, and if we'd have had a roof on our end, I think we might have made a bit of noise. But uh, yeah, OK, it's, you know, it's a long trip. It's, um, you know, but it is a Sunday, you know, Sunday afternoon. He's, there's no real excuse except for there's one massive derby game, I believe, somewhere going on. I don't know. Um, but no, I think if we if the fans can't watch us at the moment, then we're really going to struggle, aren't we? I mean, the, the way we're playing and a win at Cass and I, I'd, I'd expect some good numbers going up. We, you know, we do travel quite well considering... We don't get the biggest following at home. We take a decent proportion away. And, uh, yeah, I, th- I think we'll still have good numbers there. Yeah, uh, tickets available from the AJ Bell Stadium. Uh, you ring 0161 786 1570 uh, and pick your tickets up at the stadium. Um, but hopefully, like I said, we'll get a big following and we'll be able to ins- you know, inspire the boys uh, on to victory, uh, Paul. Um, hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll be looking at another good win uh, to keep our playoff uh, dreams alive. Yeah, definitely. I've just I've seen today the highlights of OKR's game against Huddersfield, and he's anything to fear there. And Campes is out as well. He's done his hamstringing, so he's he's not going to be playing. So, uh, you know, it wasn't the happiest hunting mm. ground for us last season. OKR with the two two defeats, you know, that last minute one on that Tuesday night trip up there, and then the the last game of the season they pummeled us, didn't they? So I think we're uh, we do a good performance there. I think we've got more than enough to to trouble OKR. I think it's attitude, and if we go there with the right attitude and come out like we did against Castleford. I think we, we, we'll have too much for uh, the Robins. Yeah, there's no... Uh, we haven't got really any any more though for news because obviously there's, there's still stuff going on uh, with the salary cap thing. I suppose we won't be hearing much about that until it actually all kicks off in a couple of weeks' time, uh, Parky. But, you know, the big news of the week uh, is Brian Smith uh, leaving Wakefield. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's a, you know, a bit of a strange one for me. What do you think? Yeah, I mean... I, I, it was a, to be fair, I think it was a strange one when he got appointed. Not not in terms of Brian Smith and his ability, in the in the fact that Brian Smith took the job. Um, you know, such a magnificent career that he's had, and he's been a winner virtually everywhere. He was on a hiding to nothing at Waker, really. I mean, I, I know this this uh, the, the chairman there has come out and said, you know, they've assembled their probably their most expensive squad. Well. I'd really like to know who he spent his money on because I look at their squad and I think that's the, 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 I don't think there's anybody in there that I'd want in my team, probably. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a tough task for him. But having taken the job and he has seen advances in the team, yes, they, they've not got off to a great start again, but he, he could have stuck it out, I think. So the, there's obviously something wrong there. There are rumours that him and the chairman didn't get on too well and yeah, other 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 things, but... Maybe he's just seen that he's, he's looked at what he's got and maybe wanted a bit more and he's gone, well, you know, I'm not going to do anything here, so I'll, I'll walk away. Yeah, like, like Parky said, Paul, you know, there seems to be a bit of a clash between uh, Smith and, and the chairman at Wakefield. I think it's important that the coach and the chairman have a good relationship. Obviously, you know, both need to be, you know, going the right direction for the club. Yeah, you've both got to be singing off the same hymn sheet. You know, you're not going to get anywhere, really. And from what that, um, well, I can't remember his name, is it, is it Carter? Michael Carter is at the Wakefield mm. chairman. From what I heard his interview, what he was saying, that they'd had this frosty relationship since Christmas. So, you know, Christmas was like three months away, isn't it? Four, four months ago. So, uh, if it's been like that, I mean, it's not going to work, is it? So, uh, at the moment, they've put um, ex-Alver player Stuart Dickens in charge. I think he was in charge for the game against uh, St. Helens on Friday night. But, uh, you know, we, we play him shortly, don't we? The, the 2nd of April, Saturday, Saturday afternoon game there. So, hopefully, mm. they'll still be in turmoil when we play him and we can... Uh, Okay, so Chris Chester it was announced uh, as head coach for Wakefield Trinity Wildcats uh, today, Paul. You know, what do you think of that move? Do you think it's right for him and them? 
Well, he's from Wakefield, isn't he, Chris Chester? So he's a, he's a Wakefield lad, and I think he supported them, didn't he? So, uh, so yeah, I was a bit surprised to see him get the bullet from from Wilkinson Rovers, really, because they got to Wembley last season and they were quite formidable in the uh, in the middle eights, weren't they? I think they won all, they won all the games, didn't they? Won eight out of eight, so uh, sorry, seven out of seven. So you know they, they didn't do too bad last season. I know they got battered in the the cup final, but you know they got there and. Um, they're always a tough side to beat, and I mean they didn't really give him many games, did they? At the start of the season, it was only like two or three games in, and they, they got rid of him. So uh, he's a young English coach, so hopefully, you know, good luck to him at, at Wakefield. And as long as they don't beat us, uh, I'm not really bothered. Yeah, um, and John Kay is going to be their director of football for 2017. Uh, Paul, you know, it's it's a similar kind of setup that we've got here with Tim Sheens, you know, helping uh, Ian Watson along. Yeah, I've got a lot of respect for John Keir. I think he, you know, he, talk, he talks about the game. You see him on the Super League show quite a lot, and he's a respected, uh, respected coach. I mean, uh, he's been around the game a long time now. And he played at Castleford for years in the seventies and that, and he's he's done a lot in his coaching as well. He won the, the Challenge Cup with Sheffield, won the Challenge Cup with Hull, so it, he tends to have a, a knack of getting the best out of um, out of teams where there's not loads of money and getting the best out of players. I think he's a good man, man motivator and. Uh, you know, I mean, I remember a few years ago when we, we got Sean McRae as coach when he came in about 2007. I remember saying to my dad at the time, oh, I wouldn't mind seeing John Keir get the job at Salford. And obviously he never did. But yeah, he's, I, think he'll, I think he'll do a good job. And Chris Chester will, will learn a lot from, from John Keir. League World is Josh Charnley um, being sounded out by sale at Sharks Rugby Union Club. Paul, you know, our top talent uh, being picked up again by the Rugby Football Union. He's had a few injuries, hasn't he, Josh Chanley, recently. I think he's only just sort of come back into the Wigan team. But as I was saying, I got to Wigan and Leeds on um, on Friday night. A mate of mine's a season ticket holder and a spare ticket and kindly arranged to come and pick me up and drop me off at home. So I agreed to go with him and sit on my, hand, sit on my hands for 80 minutes. But um, I was impressed with, with Josh Chanley because, like he, he was saying to me, he'd been injured. and But he looked he looked really sharp on uh, on Friday night. So if, if Wigan are losing him, they're, they're losing a decent winger there. How do, you, Pac, how do you reckon we 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 stop the player drain? Obviously, you know, we have all the all the cards, they have all the cash. Um, you know, what how do we how do we stop the, the rot, do you reckon? Salary cap. Is that what I it think is? that's that's the only the only real thing we can, we can use at this stage. There's no doubt in in any of our minds, you know, on this show, and obviously we're massively biased, but which is the better sport to be involved in? And I don't think many league players really would look forward to going to union. Uh, Charnley as a winger how much of the balls he ever going to see you know he's not going to get the service he gets at Wigan or any other rugby league club to be fair um, but I think what we've got to do we, you know everyone's banging on about it but it's holding players back we're losing players to the NRL which isn't a bad thing for a national team um, you know because obviously they gain much more experience playing in a much better league with better players but it doesn't make it good for the you know the paying public and, and, and you know this country for the league itself so it's got to be salary cap. You know, the union are spending millions every year. They've got a salary cap probably, I don't know, a million and a half more than ours, each club. We, we can't afford to keep all the players and we are just going to keep losing them um, until that changes. And then maybe we can we can break the cycle and bring players coming the other way again like we did, you know, 20 years ago or whatever. Um, we, we can't afford to keep just, you know, producing these players. We, we haven't got a big enough amateur scene, I don't think, as it is, or strong enough. So to bring these lads through and then just let them go um, is is a big worry. Josh Charnley, personally, I wouldn't, you know, if I was a Wigan fan, I probably wouldn't be overly concerned. 
Um, if he did go, I mean, for me, the, the better winger is Don Manfreda. I think he's a magnificent player. Uh, I know they lost uh, Burgess. He went over to Australia. So they've got to find another one. But Wigan being Wigan, that won't be an issue for them. There'll, there'll be a kid waiting in, ready and made in the wings, I would have thought. Um, but yeah, we've we just got to up the salary cap or, or scrap it all together. Yeah, Marwan Kukash, you know, fights two for nail to try and get this uh, salary cap uh, increased, uh, Paul. You know, looking at it, like Parky said, you know, we, we've we've struggled to keep our players and it makes you think, I wonder if the rugby league have started thinking, oh, you know, Marlon's idea might, might be the best one for the future, like. Yeah, to be honest, I, I don't agree with the salary cap. I think it's holding the game back. I mean, you look at Australia, what's the salary cap in Australia? I know there's more money in the Australian game, but there's the salary cap over there. It's mega compared to ours, isn't it? And I mean, has ours actually changed over the last few years and, you know, it increased? I'm not so sure whether it has. And if it has, it's not been by much, has it? But no, I don't know. I think rugby football league will try and tell you that, you know, in the back in the 80s and the 90s when there wasn't a salary cap, Wigan were buying all the players. But I think the game's changed now. I think there's a bit more money in the game. Isn't there? You've got people like that Simon Moran at Warrington. You've got Coo Cash at Salford, Lenny Gunn at Wigan. Um, the guy at St. Helens, uh, Matt Manners, there's a bit more money floating about in there at certain clubs. Yeah. So, you know, think, if the money's uh, there, you should be allowed to spend it. Yeah, I think, I think now as well, they, they, because there's only so many professional, you know, top professional sides, you can only be, you know, there's only so many in the Super League. I think back in back in the 80s and so on, when Wigan was signing all these players, they were signing players just out of the game. And these lads would go and sit on the bench or play 18 rugby at Wigan because they'd be getting a bigger wage. Now, these lads can earn more or less the same or the same. Uh, uh, you know, in Super League, and play every week. Yeah, and I think they'd rather do that than you know than, than dwindle away in somebody's you know reserve team or whatever. So I think the game has changed, like Paul said, and I think this salary cap is nonsense. It's I agree that he was he was put there to to stop teams going bust. Has it worked? No, clearly because teams still go bust. So we we were one of them a few years ago. Bradford have been there. Wakefield, you know, every club has gone through it. Lee, I think, you know. It's, people, they're restricting in what you can do. And if you know, if you're not going to put good players on the pitch that are going to cost you good money, then people aren't going to turn up and watch it, which is going to cost you money. You know, got, you want got, to see the best so, in the world. Yeah, you've got um, you've got sides and ambitious sides in the championship, haven't you? Like sort of mm. Lee and Bradford at the moment. And to be honest with you, I mean, I'm not like great lover of Lee, but I, I like their ambition. I like the ambition of Bradford as well. And I mean. They've got a, they both got decent stadiums, and if you just take Lee as an example, I mean, I know the, the chairman's a bit of a plonker sometimes, and some of the stuff he comes out with, but you can, I, I admire their ambition, and you admire where they want to be. And if they've got some money behind them, and you know they can afford to sign players, why not? Why not give them that dream, you know, to go for the Super League? Same with Bradford, same with anybody in that league, and to restrict people, say, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that, the other. I think it's crazy. I think. I think it, it happens in all sports and all, all all clubs. Depending on you know, if you're the big fish in that pond, pl- players are going to want to come to your club. You know, it's only like when we were in the championship or anything like that. We were around signing probably the better players in the in that league. Uh, certainly under you know Carl Harrison when he was bringing yeah. in. You yeah. mentioned Dickens before and Neil Lowe and Chris, Chris Charles, Charles people yeah. like that. You know, they were key players in their club and it, it weakened them and strengthened us with players who knew how to play in that league. Yeah, and that's all that's ever going to happen. It's the same in football. It's the same in you know whatever sport you want. It's always going to happen. The, the bigger clubs are going to sign you know the, the, the players if they want them. But if you've got the money, even if you're a small club, if you've got the money, you should be allowed to spend it to, to spend as much as as you know the guys at the top of the league. Uh, it doesn't happen in football, and that's why you've got Bournemouth in the in the Premier League with twelve thousand crowds every week. 
against you know United at seventy odd thousand. It's because they've got the money and they can spend it. You know, to to a certain point, as long as they don't you know go crazy with it, they can spend what they can afford. And and at the moment, we we can't. A lot of clubs can't. I mean, I'm sure Marwan would would certainly find another couple of hundred thousand for us if if we were allowed to spend it to bring in you know another good player, but. We're not allowed to. We've got to stick below this budget. Yeah. And like you said, Paul, about this one, you know, one point eight million or whatever. I think it it risen. I don't know when it was from about one point six. Well, two two hundred thousand pounds in a matter of years. He's one good player's wages these days. Yeah. I would have thought, or one yeah. top player, you know, or maybe two really good players. It's not a lot of money um, in terms of professional sport. And these lads don't earn enough for me uh, for what they do on that part because it's a it's a tough sport. I agree with that. I think for a problem with you've got the top sides want to be at the top forever and and, and I feel like they, they kind of don't really want it to change uh, because... the rugby, I think I think the rugby football league are a bit like that though aren't they, mm. they I, I think you know between us it, it makes me wonder whether they're frightened to death of sort of a Salford coming up and upsetting the cartel of like you know Wigan and St Helens and Leeds with those three sides I mean if you go back to like the late 60s, early 70s, those three sides have always been there, haven't they? And they've always been to the mm. cup finals, they've always been top of the league, they've always been been there. And, and I think, I mean, my dad says to me, in the 70s, they, they didn't like Snapey's ideas and the things they came up with then. Mm. And they did the best. He's told me countless stories about trips to Featherston, Castleford, having four or five tries disallowed, referees robbing us blind. I don't know, perhaps some of it's, you know, yeah, him going a bit paranoid. But, you're going to get that, yeah. But, but it just makes you wonder sometimes whether there think, is a bit of a conspiracy. Yeah, you're right with the rugby league, but it's not. I don't think it's you know solely to us as well. I think in the last few years, I think the rugby league have had a smile, but a bit of a grimace at Huddersfield doing well and Castleford doing well. Yeah, definitely. That. Yeah. These you know these so-called smaller clubs who have got every right as as much as anybody else to be up there, but I think they sort of go, oh well, we really wanted Wigan because they might sell more seats, or they people might want to watch them on the telly or whatever. But that's not sport. You know, sport should be level. A uh, level playing field, and you know the the more these smaller clubs, as they say, us and witness this year so far are showing. I think it makes it better. I think it makes the league stronger, and it'll make. I mean, it make Leeds look up and think. You know, when we play, so we play Salford in a few weeks or whatever, we're going to have to really up our game. Not it's only Salford that gets through to the the crowd. People don't turn up. You know, I think we need this. We need a competitive league, and and for me, it's just spending money that's going to do it. Talking about Leeds, Rhinos struggling towards the the bottom, Paul. Uh, you know, how long is it before you know they hit that red emergency button and, and McDermott gets lifted? Well, I don't know, but I tell you what, it'd be nice to beat them on the eighth of April. Mm. I was I was chatting to someone on Facebook today, and I was trying to think of the last time we beat them. Oh my, I'm sure it was. You might be able to correct me on this packet. I think it was it November '93 Regal Trophy, something like that. '94. It's about twenty odd years ago, isn't it, since we beat them at home? It is. I've actually got. I've got it on VHS. Funnily enough, is it, know, is it November '93? I've got it. Uh, it was a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, our record against Leeds across the board is bobbins, isn't it? Absolutely awful. But you know, you never know. This this year could be. You but know. times are changing, aren't they? I was yeah. just think, thinking today, like you know, who might be earlier like... on this season? Witness would have put fifty on them. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be so nice if we could do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's just hope. Let's, let's just hope we're going to play them at the right time. I mean, that that fixture can't come soon enough for me because I keep thinking yeah. to myself. I thought the other day, oh, by the time we play them, you know, they might have signed somebody. They might have got some injuries. Can't we just play them tomorrow? Can you know, bring the fixture? <laughs> can you know, bring the fixture forward? Talk about witness. All that they're flying high at the moment. Play Wigan on on Thursday. You know, that's going to be a good game. A you know, cracking game. Considering that, yeah. you know where they are, it'll good. It'll be a good impression to see what you know what where they are this season, Paul. 
Definitely, yeah. And I mean, I'm not, like I'm no lover of witness, but it's, it's great. It's, I think it's nice to see different teams up there, and you know, they've they've got some loyal fans, witness like we have, and it's it's good for the, for those supporters to to see a bit. I mean, witness have had a lot more success than we've had in the last forty years. We've only got to sort of go back to the late eighties, early nineties, and witness, you know, right through the eighties, witness were the cup kings, weren't they? And, you know, won the World Club Challenge in '89 against Canberra, so it's not that long ago that they were they were doing well. But you know, it's nice to see a different side up there. But you know, the only side who's beaten so far this season's us, so um, we must have done our, all right there. But I mean, that game against Wigan on Thursday night—that's going to be a cracker. That and you know, how how good would that be if Witness could could actually go there mm-hmm. and turn Wigan over? I mean, so I like going there and competing. But if they can actually go there and win, you know, that'll put the the cat amongst the pigeons, so to speak. Yeah, Super League competitive every week teams you know finding the levels and, and you know really being a great advert for the sport Parker oh yeah it is fantastic like Paul said I mean if Witness could go there and make a real statement if you can go and beat them um, I don't think Wigan are as good as they have been over the last few years and I think they, you know they could be found out um, I don't know whether Witness will get a bit you know in the headlights a little bit maybe and People are doing this horrible comparison to Leicester City and things like that. You know, it's, it's completely different, this. But it, it is good to see him doing well. I, I agree with with Paul there. I'm not a massive, you know, fan of Witness in any any way. But I think it's fantastic to see him top of the league. And I, 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 I do hope by the end of this weekend's fixtures, they're still up there. I still hope they're at the top of the league. Cool. So that's the news we've got uh, this week. And now what we'll do, uh, we'll do the amateur uh, section and see what our local size did in the first games of the season uh, last week. Yeah, we've got the under-19s first up. Uh, Salford went down 30 points to 16 at home to Salem's. The tries came from Jake Knox, Jack Cottingham, Aaron Moore and two goals from Lewis, uh, Lewis Ferrers. They're in action again on Thursday night. This week, the 17th, they play Castleford at home at the AJ Bell with a 7 7 p.m. kickoff. We've got some reports. We've got the Manchester Rangers A against Rochdale Cobras. That finished uh, Manchester Rangers A 16, Rochdale Cobras 40. There were tries for the Rangers from George Edge, Ruben Holland, Ben Marsden, and two goals from Mike Greensmith. It was a tough game against one of uh, the early season's favourites. The Rangers fought bravely, but went down 40 points to 16. Uh, Caddy's had played Kulchev. Uh, Danny Royal collected his own kick to score at the first try. Ryan White added the goal for a 6-0 lead. Hooker Tom Connor marshalled the forwards well. A good run saw Nathan Vernon burst through and score out wide. White added the kick for 12-0. Culture pulled a try back. Uh, it was 12-6 at half-time. An early second-half score from Mark Wood. Woodfine collected a Danny Royal kick to score. A fine try. White missed the goal, 16-6. Culture hit back with a try to make it 16-10. The Rhinos went back to basics and weathered the culture of storm, making good yards from Chris Ascot, George McNulty-Shaw and the man of the match, Richie Hayes. The match winner came on 70 minutes, Liam Kenny try to make it 20 points to 10. Kulchev scored a last-minute consolation. The final score was Cadizad Rhinos, Kulchev Eagles 14. The Little Hulton Reds beat Berry Broncos A, 28 points to 4. There was uh, tries from Chris Gaffney, Michael Bolton, um, Michael Bolton, yeah. Uh, Jimmy, <laughs> hope he didn't burst into song when he went over. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy McGuigan got an hat-trick and the man of the matches were Lee Foster, Michael Bolton and Alan Woody Hargreaves. 
Uh, but yeah. the result we've got the results from um, the weekend in the Premier Division National Conference Premier it was Lee Miners twenty four, Rochdale Mayfield twenty, uh, Division Two Lee East forty four, Salford City Roosters fourteen. Tries for the Roosters came from Judge, two for Smith and a goal for White. The fixtures for this week in the Conference Division Two is Salford City Roosters against Bradford Dudley Hill. The North West Men's results Division One Wigan St Pat's A twenty eight, Folly Lane twenty four. Division 2, Berry Broncos, 20, Lee East, A12. Manchester Rangers, uh, fixture against Pilkington Rex, A was postponed. Division 4, Caddy's Ed, 20, Culture, 14. Eccleston, 68, Bolton Mets, nil. Little Hulton Reds, 28, Berry Broncos, A4. Manchester Rangers, A16, Rochdale Cobras, 40. And in Division 5, it was Runcorn, 52, Caddy's Ed, Rhinos, A0. And the Salford City Roosters match against uh, so Salford City Roosters A against Langworthy Reds was postponed. Uh, we've got the student results: the Northern Conference Cup final, Northumbria A twenty-two, Salford eight, and the Northern Division A, Sheffield nil, Manchester Met twenty-four. And in College Rugby League, it was Salford forty-eight, Morton six. And the fixtures for this week in the Northwest Men's League on Friday night, the eighteenth. It's Manchester Rangers against Berry Broncos. On Saturday, the 19th, it's Goldborn against Folly Lane. Lee Miners A against Rochdale Mayfield A. Berry A against West Horton Lions. Garswood Stags against Little Hulton Reds. Manchester Rangers A against Eccleston Lions. Rochdale Cobras against Colchef Eagles. Ashton Bears against Salford City Roosters A. Langwithy Reds against Oral St. James. And the Mancunians against Runcarm. Uh, we've also got a bit of news on the Bolton Mets. The Bolton Mets are proud to announce Steve Hickey as their new captain and vice-captain is Adam Woods. We'd like to wish the lads and the Mets all the best for the coming season. Yeah, and the final bit of news, uh, Salford University were crowned league champions today, Paul, uh, when they beat Lancaster away 42 points to four. You know, what a great achievement for the university to, to finish champions. That, that's a brilliant achievement for them and, you know, well done to them. We keep keep our eye out for them every week on the podcast, don't we, with the amateur things and the, the student rugby league. So uh, so that's a, that's a feather in the cap. There's a lot of good universities out there playing playing our sport and uh, for, them to, for them to win that, that's, uh, that's fantastic news. Yeah, as uh, Michael Bolton once sang, it's a time for letting go. We're not quite yet. Now, what we'll do, we'll have the big match preview of the Hulky R game on Sunday. It's time for the Devil of the Details Big Match Preview. So, hooky out on Sunday, uh, Paul. Big game for Salford. Obviously, you go to Castleford and win. You've got to do, got to go and do the same at Hulkier now. Yeah, we've got to back it up now, haven't we? The pressure's on us now. I mean, uh, there's no use going going winning at Castleford if we're going to go and toss it away losing at Hulkier because they've, they've not been uh, made the best start. They've only got one point and they, they've from what I've seen of them, they look pretty disappointing when they played Huddersfield. Uh, that Campese's got injured again, so you know they're a bit, a bit of the same sort of situation we were last year. You know, with people out and people injured and that. So now's the perfect time to go there and and uh, get two points off them. Yeah, they're in a bit of a tailspin, Parky. Hulk, yeah, problems both on and off the field. You know, it's an, it's important that Salford. You know, we're we're united and we go for Kiara on Sunday uh, with a positive mentality and, and take the two points. Oh, I mean, we, the, the two the two sides at the moment could be more contrasting, could they? Hull KR seems to be on their, their uppers a little bit. Um, and we're, you know, we, we're flying. We've got a lot of confidence that we'll have picked up from, certainly from last week, holding on to that, that you know, to that win coming through strong. And even that, you know, we can take a lot of positives, even from our defeat. 
Um, so, you know, we go in there. Yes, we've got Rob Louie out. But other than that, th- th- there's nobody missing at, that we know that hasn't, you know, been in the team this year. Bit of shifting about, possibly. But, you know, is is putting Gareth O'Brien back at half-back and putting Evels at full-back a loss? <laughs> possibly not. No, two, two fantastic players. Um, and it, it's our forwards that have been have been grinding out the results for us, really, I think. And if, if we get on top there, and let's not forget, OK, are fighting now. They'll, they'll be fighting for their lives. Um you know, I'm playing for careers as well. I know it's only early in the season, but you don't want to get too far behind, um, as you know, as we've found out in the past. Um, they've still got a lot of good players there, and they're dangerous on their own patch. You know, a bit of a fervent crowd behind them. Um, but if we can get on top early, quiet their their lockdown, and uh, yeah, I'd be fairly confident we can away with two points. Who's the Who's the danger man to look out for, Paul? Oh, well, uh, looking at the squad on uh, the weekend, Albert Kelly didn't play. He was in the 19-man squad. He didn't play. But that Morris Blair always seems to play well against us. They've got Sean Munt as well at the Ucker. I mean, I like him. I think he's a good player. I liked him mm-hmm. when he was at Huddersfield and he did a good job when he went playing for Leeds on loan. So he's a decent player. The lad that they signed from uh, Leeds as well, that Chris Clarkson's not bad in the back row. But, you know, I don't think there's anybody to fear there. I think we've just got a goal there. And I think one word I've used is be ruthless. I mean, how many times have, have sides like OKR come to Salford when we've you know been on the back foot and had a few injuries and they've come there and, and turned us over big styles? I think that's what we've got to do on Sunday. Go there and be ruthless and come out with the right attitude and, you know, give them a good hiding, really. Yeah, with uh, Campese out injured and Albert Kelly struggling at uh, Parker, you know, it's important that the likes of, you know, Dobson, you know, take control of the situation in, in that midfield and, and dictate play. Oh yeah, I mean this is a big, big opportunity for us to to, to pick up. You know, we, we are going to the, the bottom of the league as it is, and you should be, you know, you should be looking to, to go there and just uh, and win. It shouldn't, you know, there shouldn't be any doubts in our minds the way we're playing at the moment. Um, and it would send out another message, you know, travelling up to all care, backing up two away games with two wins. I, yeah, I think it's a, a great chance for the team, and I think the confidence will be up, will be high. Um, and I, yeah, I fancy us really strongly. I think we've got a really good balance at the moment. Uh, like you say, they've got a few injuries. I don't know what their squad will look like by the end of the week. Uh, obviously, Campesi won't be there. I think he's seen a specialist today or tomorrow. He's going to be out for a, for a while. You would have thought, but um, you know, he, he, the good thing is it is Super League, and you never can tell. You know, anyone can generally turn anyone over. But I think we've got to go there in the right frame of mind after last week, and, and, and like I say, the weeks before. And if we play anything like we have done at times this season, they shouldn't be able to live with us. So, Ian Watson had a press conference to talk about the whole KR game and he said it was a massive win for us on Sunday and it shows we've learnt a lot from the last two encounters. Uh, Hull KR are a threat at home and they're going to be a tough uh, team to play, uh, Paul. You know, you know, Ian Watson there, he's, he's confident looking forward to that Hull KR game on Sunday. Yeah, you've got to be confident, but you, you, you can't take Hull KR lightly. I mean... They've, uh, they've obviously they've got rid of the coach, so they'll be looking to bounce back, and they've not really had that. When you normally sack a coach, you normally get like a knee-jerk reaction and and get a result, and they've not really had that result yet because they played a couple of games away from home. So they'll be looking to bounce back there. They always get a good following. If you look at the, the crowds they've actually got this season, they're opening a few games. They're like pushing eight thousand every week, so they really get behind them there at Craven Park. And you know, it's uh, we've had some some hidings there, and we never sort of find it easy there. So. Uh, so it's going to be a tough afternoon, but it's a, it's a it's a definitely a game that we're capable of winning with with our squad and the way we played against Castleford. We've had seven days rest as well, so we should be well prepared for uh, for Sunday. Yeah, with Rob Lou being out uh, injured, possibly a chance for Josh Wood to you know to stake a claim in the squad. 
Yeah, definitely. He played against Ulker in the last game. I remember going last season to the the final game in the Middle Eights and and saw him saw him play there. And uh, he played a, a couple of times in in a few home games for us as well last season. He looked like he's you know, he's, got, he's a talented young lad. And uh, you know if he's going to uh, he's got an opportunity now. You know with Robert Louis being injured. And sometimes that that's what happens, isn't it? You've got to take those opportunities when when uh, when they come along. It's same with Nia Levels. He's been waiting in the wings and. Now there's a few injuries. That's when when players have got to step up now that you know and and take their chance. So uh, so yeah, if he's in the squad, good luck to him and uh, hope he has a good game if he plays. Yeah, we've got, got a bit of a, a sort of a checkered record at OKR. Really, we've won kind of three or maybe in the last sort of five six years at OKR. It's always a difficult ground to go to, uh, Paul. And like Parker said, it's all about quieting the crowd down and and you know and take advantage of that. Yeah, well, last season we went there twice, didn't we? I mean, we lost that Tuesday night game in the last minute with that daft try we let them score, and then we played them. I think it was last game of the season, wasn't it? Before the was it before what was it now? Yeah, it was last game of the the middle eights, wasn't it? That, that last game with the with the Amateurs. I think the season before that we we beat them. So yeah, we have had a bit of a bit of a checkered record there at OKR. So, uh, but I, I'm just thinking now if we can get the result there on Sunday. I mean, the the next game after that's Catalan Dragons at home on Good Friday. I mean. The Catalan game normally we don't get like a massive crowd because you're not getting any away support. But if you could go there and win at OKR, I mean the home support should be swell because you know we should be confident there. We've just won two games away from home. We beat Catalan on Good Friday. You know I don't know where we'll be in the league table. You could be talking like maybe fourth, third, fourth, something like that. So I mean how good would that be? You know to go into Easter on the back of two away wins. So so yeah, I think it's a massive game on Sunday. I think with OKR it's a, it's a team that we usually kind of you know. Will be around at, at us in in the in the league table at the end end of the season, Parker. And it's so important that we we go to Hokiar with with a positive message and and get the result because beating these teams away, this is how you get in the eight. Yeah, so well, was at the start of the season, and I certainly thought us and Hokiar would have been around the same same place in the league. Uh, looking at it as it is, you know, th- there is a big difference. I know points wise, it's not massive at this stage, but. Okay, I've got a lot of teams above them, you know, and and good teams as well to to climb up the table. Um, I'm I'm not actually thinking on their their level at the moment. I'm really not. I'm that confident that that's how well we're playing, that that we will go there and get the win. Um, as I say, anything can happen, but I just think that their confidence is is low. I know they're fighting, but I just I think we've just got too much for them. I really do. With with obviously Rob Lou out injured, what would be your plan? Put Brian in it. At seven or six, and or keep him where he is. Uh, personally, yeah, I, I, I would. I think we we'd have to. I don't really know what the options are at standoff if, if that's the case. Mm. Um, you know, we 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 haven't really got. I don't think an awful lot of cover there. Um, so yeah, I think that would have to be the case. Niall, you know, we know he won't let us down at fullback, and he always scores anyway. So he's a great great threat. Um, and I think. Maybe if you know if you're a coach of a, an opposite club and you've been watching Rob Lewis for the last few weeks, and then you find out he's not playing, and you think, well, is he going to be Gareth O'Brien, who you've not seen play at half back this season? How is he going to? You know, he's a tough, tough dilemma for a coach to have. To, to how do they counteract what he's going to do? Because they don't know. Um, so I think it puts him in another strong position, and and so I've got all confidence in, in Gareth moving up to standoff. Yeah, and obviously with Gareth O'Brien going to standoff, gives the opportunity, uh, Paul. For Nile levels to, to stake his claim in that uh, that number one shirt. Well, I think that's how I'd have it. But you know, another side of the coin is why not play perhaps Evels at standoff? I mean, he's played there before. I think he played there for the academy. Um, speaking to his dad last season, I know he he mentioned that he played there before at 
at standoff. So, I mean, either of them, to be honest, either way around. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing both of them in, in the side because Naya Levels is full of pace. He's a great finisher. And I think he, he's, he's good to have him on the pitch because he seems to just pop up, backs up really well. He always pops up in the right place at the right time. So, have him at full-back, Gareth O'Brien at, at standoff. I think um, I think it'll work well for us. I don't, yeah. I don't see... Um, I'm not really too dis. I mean, obviously, I'm disappointed Louis out, but I'm not really too disheartened because I'm excited to see to see this combination go. Yeah, it's exciting times uh, for Salford. You know, in good form, and hopefully, you know, we can go to OKR and and, and get a result. What would be your uh, score prediction, uh, Paul? Uh, I'm going to go for Old Kingston Rovers eight, Salford twenty-two. Haki, you on the same lines there? Yeah, I, you know what? After all that, I hadn't really thought about it. Um... I think our defence has been really strong uh, over a period. I know you can see 31 points at home to Warrington, but that's you know that's by the by for me. I think I think Hulk I might find it a little bit tough to score past us. Um, can we score an awful lot? I'm not I'm not 100, percent but I'll go with uh, I'd say Hulk KR eight, Salford 22. Yeah, I think I think me and Paul are not far off each other. 22. I'm going to go. I think in. Maybe I think let's let's try and keep OKR scoreless. I'm thinking Salford eighteen, OKR nil. Here's one. Probably... Here's one for you, Rob. When what? was the last time we nilled a super a, a, nilled the side in the Super League? Harry, is that? You, you might be right there, mate. You might be right. I remember us keeping London trialless. We beat him five two at home when McRae took over. Yeah. But I think you might be right with Parrot. Uh, Catalan, one in Catalan. Have we beat Catalan sixteen nil? Yeah, they were Catalan at the time. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I, you know what? I think I've been asked this before. And I think it's Catalan, I'm sure it is. I, I, I can't imagine that we, it's happened too often because uh, we, we've never been that watertight. But yeah. um, maybe, obviously, in the Championship, that was different. But uh, yeah, it's a good question. That. It probably could go back as far as 2007. 2007, like 2007 we beat. I've got my little book in front of me. 2007 we beat Catalan at home 10 0. 10 0. And the only reason I said Paris was I remember I took my mate from school uh, that day and I said, you know, great sport rugby league, you'll love it. And he went to that one, we won 4 0. And then the week after, mm. we played, was it somebody, and we won 8 4, was it Castleford or something? We beat uh, we Paris. Paris was 8 4. 8 4, our second game, wasn't it? Yeah, Paris yeah. at all. And never, he never came back. I don't know, I can't understand <laughs> why. But, you know, it's, it's like I say, you suppose rugby league, you can get that kind of game, you can either get a game that's going to be fast flowing. Loads of tries, or you can get a game that's going to be tight, and you know mm. it's it's competitive, and that's that's the, the split really. Mm. Yeah. I've seen us nilled a, a few t- fair yeah. times, yeah. Rob, over exactly. the last 30, 30 years, and that. But I think that ten nil against Catalan might be the last one. So so, uh, so yeah, well, but yeah, if we're both going for twenty two eight, I think we're better get some money on that, mate. If we're both yeah, going for the same score, yeah, you, you stopped me some thinking that, but yeah, I think you probably bang on with that. So yeah, I think we'll have that someday. I'll take that anyway, mate. Yeah. Cool. So that's another end to another podcast. Uh, another good show, Paul. Yeah, enjoyed it, mate. I can't wait for Sunday. Really excited. I'll be uh, driving up there on Sunday. I'm not so sure whether my kids are coming with me again. They, they came on uh, Sunday. I dropped them off in Castleford at the cinema. They went to see Kung Fu Panda. So I picked them up after the game and uh, I was lucky enough to see uh, Josh Griffin in, in Starbucks having a brew. So I just congratulated him on, uh, on, his, on his performance. So if he's listening and he remembers that, Big daft sod that come patting him on the back, that was me. So, uh, yeah, can't wait for Sunday, mate. Cool, and uh, enjoyed you. Another appearance on the pod- podcast, Parker? Oh, absolutely. It's, you know, it's so easy to talk about, isn't it, at the moment? Everything seems positive. 
um, it, it makes it you know a hell of a lot easier when you're coming off a, a win or even even a good performance. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited for Sunday now. Brilliant. So thanks for listening to this week's Devil in the Detail. You can catch us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and RLInternetRadio.com. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.